Good morning. Welcome to Mornings with Mac. Uh, I'm Trey and not Mac. I'm covering for my dad uh, while he prepares for his uh, PhD tests. Uh, so I am going to jump in to what I do in my devotional time. Uh, I read through the Bible every year. I pick a different plan uh, each year and work through a plan and usually do it with a couple of friends. It has been an unbelievable joy for me for the last few years to do this. So uh, I'm going to walk you guys through what I just finished up in my devotional time. We're going to walk through the book of Joshua. Um, Charles Dickens' famous A Christmas Carol, um, it opens up with one of the most awkward introductions you could have for a story. It opens up and it says, Marley was dead to begin with. Most stories don't start with someone dying. Dying, we kind of assume, is the end of a story. But in Dickens' A Christmas Carol, um, it, it begins this um, journey from a hopeless place to a hope-filled place, which is really what the author of Joshua does. We start the book of Joshua with the death of Moses. And what we're going to do is we're going to move from this place where there is a lack of hope to a place filled with hope. Um, and that's how Joshua begins. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Joshua. I'm just going to walk through this book for the next couple of days with you. We're going to do what my read through the year does. It takes about four chapters a day, and in six days you've covered the whole book. And we're going to walk through this book, so let me give you a little bit of background while you're turning to Joshua. Joshua is the sixth book of the Bible. It comes literally after uh, the Pentateuch, which would be the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Um, it, it flows right out of everything that's happened, the end of Moses' life at the end of Deuteronomy. That's how Joshua starts. And we follow Israel into the land that God has promised for them. So, so the background of Joshua really is, it's the book of Genesis, Genesis 12, 15, 17, when God makes his covenant with Abraham that he's going to give him descendants and land. And that is a huge part of the Bible that you understand. God made a promise with one man, Abraham, that he would, through him, give him descendants that were as numerous as the stars in the sky and a place of land. And we're going to see this throughout the study in the book of Joshua. That's important not because they need a place to live, but because it's a place where they can live with him. So I'm in my office in the basement in our house. I've got a bookshelf to the right of me. I have a book in this bookshelf right here to my right um, called Dominion and Dynasty by a guy named Stephen Dempster. And, and he just tracks that covenant, that, that trend, the parallel of descendants and land all through the Bible. It's, it's a fascinating study in and of itself. That's the background. Genesis, Deuteronomy is the second generation, is there outside of the land. It follows um, God taking them into the land and giving them the land. Uh, another way that you could kind of think about the background of this, if you um, remember Jesus, when he's talking about himself, um, he talks it talks about the Old Testament. He talks about the law, the prophets, the writings. The, the Hebrew Old Testament had a, a, a three-part division. The law, Genesis through Deuteronomy. The prophets, Joshua, 
all the way uh, through Kings, and then you have um, specific pieces that are sprinkled through there, like Isaiah, Jeremiah, latter prophets that fall in there in the history from coming into the land to the exile coming out of the land. Um, and then you have the writings. The writings operate um, kind of like a guide within the history of Israel. You see faithful people like Ruth uh, in the time of Judges, faithful people like Esther in the time of the exile. Um, Joshua starts what's known as the prophets. Um, so it is setting the pace for what's going to happen in Israel, which is why the theme of the book of Joshua is so important. Joshua really has one pressing goal, and that's for the people of Israel when it was happening, and the readers of the book of Joshua, us, to know God is faithful. And if there was ever a time in, in our history, in our lives, that we needed to know that God is faithful, I think that's right now, which is why I thought this would be a good book for us to walk through for a few days. Um, so I think we all have asked that question that Israel was asking around this time. You have the, the death of Moses, and, and it's hard to explain how important Moses was to the nation of Israel. Um, th their whole um, life was defined by Moses at this point. You'd have to go back to Joseph or, or even Abraham. So we're talking hundreds of years back. You'd have to go back in order to understand Israel apart from Moses. Um, not only did he give them um, the text that really defines who they are as a nation, but he led them. And not only did he lead them, he was the one who spent time with God, who, who spoke to God for them. So starting with the death of Moses, it is a complicated time in the life of the nation of Israel. And really they're left asking the question, God, where are you? God, can we trust you as they're on the outskirts of what would be the promised land? They're asking that question. God, can we trust you? And so Joshua chapter 1, I'm just going to kind of overview a lot of this as we walk through it uh, for the next few days. Joshua chapter 1 really is this word of response that God is faithful, specifically after the death of Moses. God gives them Joshua. God is so faithful to his people. He is so faithful to his church to give them Godly leaders, men who know him, women who know him, who are in his word, who love his word, who seek him, who follow him. And so God was telling them, I am faithful. I will give you another leader. I will provide Joshua for you. And not only that, God is so good to his leaders that he says to Joshua, I will be with you. He tells Joshua three times in this chapter, be strong and courageous. Israel multiple times. Be strong and courageous. I am with you. I am for you. And that's such an encouragement to the people as they're about to step into the land to know God hasn't left us. We're not alone. God has provided us the leadership that we need. And then as we get into chapter 2, Again, it's this reminder to Israel of the faithfulness of God. In chapter 2, we follow two spies into the land, and those two spies that go in to see what's happening in Jericho encounter Rahab, and, and Rahab tells them that she will help them if they will spare her. And there's an awful lot here that kind of lets us see behind the curtain of what's happening in the whole book of Joshua. Now, side note. 
Joshua can be one of the most complicated books to read and process as a Christian because you see God command Israel to kill everyone, all of the people in the land. And there's an awful lot of people who've made comments like, um, I, I can I can trust in and I follow Jesus, but the God of the Old Testament's different. And what they're getting at is that there are these heavy, harsh-seeming things that come out of the text, like what we'll see in Joshua, where he says, kill everyone, men, women, children. But we're only getting half of that story. We're getting the half that's Israel's half of this story. Them going in, what we don't get, and we're going to get a glimpse of it in this part, Joshua chapter 2, is that there is an entire storyline with every group of people that God is sending Israel in to take over. Um, The people in Jericho had a history with God. And we'll see that even here. Rahab says, we heard about what God did to Egypt and the kings on the eastern side of the Jordan. We we heard about it and, and we were terrified. And yet all of them chose to continue living the way they were living, believing what they believed, doing the things that they were doing, preparing for battle, except for Rahab. Rahab turns trusts in God, and and we have this beautiful picture of a strong woman of faith. In fact, she's listed in the book of Hebrews, and Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, is, is one of the heroes of faith in the Old Testament. She grafts into the people of Israel, so much so that we're told in Matthew chapter 1, she is in the genealogy of Jesus. She is in the family line of Jesus, this um, Canaanite woman who has what seems like from the text. Now, she's referred to as a uh, a prostitute. That could also mean an innkeeper in the Hebrew. But either way, she is not of the people of Israel and grafts in it is such a picture of the promise that God made to Abraham that he wouldn't just be the father of a nation, but of nations. Israel was called into the promised land to have a distinct relationship with God so that they would be a light to the rest of the world. And we're seeing it happen in Joshua chapter 2. They're not even into the land yet, and God is already calling people to himself because of Israel's relationship with him. It's such a beautiful reminder to them that God is going to be faithful to his promises. And then we'll turn and we get into chapter 3, where they begin to cross into the promise and they're going to cross the Jordan River. And this is a significant passage for this group of people. See, these would have been children, 19 at the oldest outside of Joshua and Caleb. The rest of that generation that had come out of Egypt died in the wilderness. Everyone who survived would have been 19 and under. So they might remember the Red Sea. They might remember stories of the plagues and They would have stories. They would know these stories. But here they are at another river. And God is going to work in such a way to show them, I am with you. My promises are still true for you. Even though you were young, even though this was a long time ago, these promises still stand. And what you see happen is the water of the Jordan River is going to stand up. And they're going to cross and what had been the, the bed of this river on dry ground, literally like walking on concrete. And they're going to go across, and it is God, again, reminding Israel that he is faithful. And that is so important as they're about to step into what will be intimidating. Remember the last 
uh, time they were here, the last generation was afraid to go in. They did not follow God in faith, and so they all died in the wilderness. This is, again, God showing them, you can trust me. What a, what a gracious thing our God does. And then in chapter 4, they pause and they just say, listen, they're the generation who had to walk for 40 years while their parents, their grandparents passed away. They're setting up a memorial. They want to remind the future generation, this is who our God is. Our God is faithful. And they want to remind a future generation that you can trust. This is what he did here. You can trust him. If he tells you to do something, you can trust him that he is good he is faithful. He is God. What a beautiful setup as they begin to go into the promised land to know that God will be faithful to do what he's promised to give them the land. The whole point of the book of Joshua, the whole point of verse of chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4 is that God is faithful. God is faithful. And so often you and I, we ask that question, God, can I trust you? God, where are you? God, what are you doing? And the book of Joshua is pressing us to know that God is faithful. Jerry was 14 years old the first time he asked that question. God, can I trust you? Jerry was really kind of alone. He had an older brother that was away at school. His father was grief stricken because his mother was sick and dying. And as a 14-year-old boy, Jerry remembers walking into his mother's bedroom to check on her and her sitting up and gasping to take her last breath and passing away. And Jerry said it wasn't the only time in his life. It's just the first time he remembers asking that question, God, can I trust you? And he would go on and write these words. God's plan and his ways of working out his plan are frequently beyond our ability to fathom and understand. We have to learn to trust when we don't understand. Jerry would go on to write the book called Trusting God. And this is one of the most um, encouraging books I've ever read. Jerry Bridges is such a phenomenal author. Jerry Bridges' life, in a lot of ways, was defined by that question, can I trust you, God? And what Jerry found every single day of his life is that God is faithful. You can trust God, even when it hurts, in a moment of doubt and confusion, in a moment where it's a global pandemic like we find ourselves in. You might not have a moment like the Jordan River, but what you have on the day after Easter is an empty tomb and a cross to show you how much God loves you, how faithful God is to his promises, how faithful God is to his people, that he loves us. So let me challenge you this morning. Maybe something you need to do in your life is exactly what Israel did in Joshua chapter 4. Maybe you need to sit down and you need to create some stones of remembrance. Maybe this morning a great thing for you to do is go back and read through Joshua chapter 1 through 4 and then take a pad and take a pen and sit down and begin to write out 
all of the ways that God in your life has proven himself to be faithful. Maybe it was something in your past, a medical diagnosis where God showed up and there was life and there was healing on the other side of some pretty difficult prayer requests. Maybe there were times where God showed up and he helped you pay for bills that you didn't know how you were going to pay for. Maybe it was when God showed up and he answered a prayer in a powerful way that you remember, but maybe your children haven't heard that story. Maybe your grandchildren need to be able to go back and read how he proved himself to be faithful in their lives so that the grandchildren can trust in that. I'm not really sure what it is, but I know that you have stories just like I have of God proving himself to be faithful. So today, let's be reminded we have a faithful God. Let's record some of those great stories. Let's share some of those stories. Maybe you want to post a story in the comments on this. Um, Let me challenge you. Read with me. I just covered Joshua 1 through 4. You go read Joshua 1 through 4 tomorrow. I'll go through 5 through 8, and then you can read that after I do it. Let me ask you to do one thing. If you have a question, you're reading through this and something pops up, you can post it in the comments below, or you can message me, and I will try and answer that question as best I can or point you in a good direction to get an answer for that question. Let me now pray for you that today you would know that you have a faithful God. God, we thank you for the book of Joshua that presses us just like it pressed the people of Israel to know that you are faithful. You are faithful. You have been faithful. You will always be faithful. Help us when we go through times like this where we may be afraid, we may be overwhelmed, we may not know what to do to know that while we might know not know where to go, we know that we can trust you. Help us to walk by faith today. Remind us of the times that you have been faithful in our life and help us to find the strength to seek you, to obey you, and to keep moving forward in the things that you've called us to do because you are faithful. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll see you guys tomorrow as we continue in our walk through the book of Joshua.